connecting, growing, and gaining opportunities together. Welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. I'm Michelle Bouchard, your host for today's show. Tribal health organizations run a variety of different and complex systems, all contributing to the patient care and well-being of their tribal members. Resource and Patient Management Systems, or RPMS, is an EHR system widely used across the country in both IHS and tribal healthcare systems. It is a decentralized, integrated solution for the management of both clinical and administrative information in healthcare facilities. Professionals in American Indian, Alaska Native, and private sector health facilities use RPMS every day to efficiently manage programs, maximize revenue generation, and most importantly, to provide high-quality care for patients. It is one of the most critical applications run by a tribal health organization today. TribalWise recently hosted a webinar with our tribal value partner, Nutanix, and Jason Lockwood, who is the health information consultant for the Pasqua-Yaki tribe, to discuss their RPMS system and how Nutanix is improving its performance. In today's episode, you can listen to a few clips from Jason and senior account executive Justin Razor of Nutanix as they discussed how the tribe migrated RPMS system from a traditional architecture to Nutanix framework. My name is Justin Razor. I'm the account executive for Nutanix that covers Native American tribes nationwide. I've been with Nutanix going on seven years. Started out as a solution architect or a sales engineer at Nutanix and then progressed into an account executive role. I've been working with the tribes for the last few years, simplifying infrastructure for a multitude of different entities within a tribe, tribal casinos, tribal healthcare, tribal government, IHS, BIE, BIA. So pretty much the gambit for tribal entities. Moving into a discussion with Jason Lockwood. So Jason Lockwood is a RPMS consultant from the Pasqua Yaqui tribe. They have been a customer of Nutanix for, I want to say, going on about three years. They had purchased Nutanix initially to do a migration of RPMS from a traditional architecture to this architecture. And Jason, are you are you on? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. So with that being said, what we'll do here is Jason and I will just kind of talk about his background and then moving into what they were doing and then where they're at now. Jason, you want to go ahead and just give an introduction to who you are, what you do, and any background you have on RPMS? My name is Jason Lockwood. I've been uh, working in RPMS since its inception in the late 1980s. I'm a RPMS dinosaur, but still viable. I had the ability to be the first or the curse to be the first site manager in RPMS. It was developed here in Tucson. I worked 35 years for Indian Health Service, and now I've transitioned over to a tribal group and given me a different perspective on RPMS and from the tribal side. If you were to give a 10,000-foot view or description of what RPMS is, Jason, what would you say that RPMS is, what it provides uh, to tribal health organizations and, you know, just in general what RPMS is? Well, RPMS is actually the most comprehensive healthcare information system out there. It incorporates every major component. There's 86 different applications that feed into RPMS. And I think some of the issues that people have with RPMS is they don't fully understand what it can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. Now, it covers lab, pharmacy, behavioral health, there's contract care, there's a billing component. 
Uh, RPMS was first started. Actually, there was a precursor to RPMS called PCIS, which went so far back as to use punch cards for wow. those of us who are old enough to remember those. And uh, from that came RPMS. And it is in deep cooperation with the VA. They have CPRS and they developed some of the major components of RPMS, lab and x-ray and VISTA imaging and pharmacy. And what Indian Health Service was able to do after that is incorporate a financial aspect for RPMS so they could have contract care tracking and billing and other components like that. And one really good thing about RPMS is its ability to segment the patient population on subsets for query information and for patient management, which is not something that's readily available on the outside world. So in essence, it is the most comprehensive system out there, and it's actually used in Europe quite a bit. Interesting. I didn't even know that it was used in anywhere other than the United States and within IHS and the tribe. So that's something I was not aware of. So with that all being said, Jason, you guys have been running RPMS for quite a while. Can you talk a little bit about prior to making the migration to Nutanix, were there challenges that you experienced with RPMS running on, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had run on a, a traditional architecture that was comprised of servers and then networking and then like a SAN? Were there any challenges that were presented with that? Yes, there were. As you said, we ran a typical server environment, a cluster with two or three different types of storage. And performance-wise, as we added more things like more GUI interfaces to applications for RPMS like eye care and lab, and then EHR came about and practice management suite came about. Performance was really an issue. It started to slow down and physicians were complaining about even how long it took to bring up the systems, particularly in the EHR, the splash screen would sit there for sometimes minutes. And we were looking at a way to increase the efficiency while also in our server rooms, we were running out of space, and it was constant battle to provide more power to those systems and cool those systems. And actually, our chief of programming somehow ran across Nutanix. He actually read it in a magazine. So we started looking into it, and here we found a system that in our environment, we have a 2U system that increased our storage capacity from uh, two terabytes to 32 terabytes. And we're able to, we run four nodes here. And with those, we've been able to support all our health systems, including experience systems that aren't RPMS onto Nutanix. We were using hypervisor as a main set with a little bit of VM. We're currently using Nutanix native hypervisor and find it to be much easier to add virtual machines and servers. And as uh, Justin has said, the management using Prism of the whole system is incredibly simple now and has been a really good sense. We're not having to use consultants to configure the initial startup. The Nutanix folks helped us do that. And from the onset, we've had, unless I take the system down and do an upgrade, we've had no downtime whatsoever. 
Now, I'm sure there's people who are familiar with RPMS, or maybe there's people who are familiar with RPMS that they know that their tribal organization runs it, and perhaps they're slightly fearful of it. How is the migration process actually going from the traditional kind of three-tier architecture that you were running to Nutanix? Was it a huge uplift, or was it a relatively easy-to-accomplish migration? Well, it was actually very easy. Once the VMs were made and configured, and we switched to HealthShare about at the same time we were doing this, and Nutanix hardware met or exceeded all the requirements to move to that environment there. And as people know that RPMS, they're very familiar with it. They know that it also has its own kernel. So sometimes that was problematic with moving to other systems. But in this case, once we had the VMs configured and set, we used the uh, HealthShare Ensemble backup Mm -hmm. to migrate RPMS database to Nutanix, and that flowed without any incident. I knew that would be a question for people who perhaps are just kind of leery of any movement of that system where it resides now. I just wanted to make sure that we talked a little bit about that. The system's been up and running for a while. You know, you sound like you're pretty happy with the ease of management, the simplification there. How has it been received by the end users of your environment who perhaps previously had struggled with the performance or having to wait? Do you have anything to share about the post-Nutanix since you've implemented it? Have your end users had any kind of say or did they even notice? Well, that's a good question because, uh, like I said, we've had complaints a lot. And actually, we did receive some complaints about Nutanix, but the complaint was people thought it was broken because it responded so fast. (laughs) They said, is it really working right? Because once they signed into RPMS, screens, whether you're using the old RPMS applications, what we refer to as roll and scroll, or some of the new GUI interfaces, the response time was cut down, was great. And like I said, they, they thought that it must not be working right since it works so quick. So social misunderstanding. They were used to essentially opening up RPMS in the morning. They'll get their Walking coffee, away. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back, coming back. <laughs> wait a couple more minutes and it was ready to use. And now it was essentially they fired it up in the morning and it was ready to go. So they kind of missed that time to go get their coffee. I could see why that could perhaps be a complaint from just a their normal social exercise every morning of of doing the same thing over and over for a few years and having it change drastically. So I'll take that problem any day, people complaining that it's working too fast. Yeah, that was the best complaints I received. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think you mentioned a little bit about it before, but some of the secondary improvements were the scaling down of the actual total infrastructure in your server room. So it sounds like you guys went from probably maybe a rack or a couple racks of equipment were able to effectively bring that down to almost, I think you guys are running four nodes at each side, and I'll talk about that here in a second, but essentially bring it down to 2U of actual rack space to effectively provide everything that all that other equipment was providing, which means that from condensing the actual platform and size, you realize the benefits of less power, less cooling required, and really being able to reclaim some of that space in your server room. Is that kind of what your experience is, additional benefits to a platform like Nutanix? Yes, it was. Like I said, uh, We were running out of space and... Like you were running out of physical space? Yeah, we could no longer put any more racks in (laughs) in our MDF. And to be honest, our servers and our storage area was 
end of life approaching our had approach. So we, in looking for a solution that would solve all those problems, we ran across Nutanix and we actually went through some of the tests and looked at the system, ran stuff and saw what it could do. And then the fact that this is in one box and you don't have, you know, power going out into your network or in one box and causing outages. Like I said, we've had zero downtime since we put this in. I would imagine this platform also provides you and your healthcare IT team the ability to effectively, and I think you talked about it, be a little less resilient on consultants or even perhaps the tribal government's IT department. And I know a lot of organizations, you know, health IT is kind of its own subset of IT within tribes or even within VA, for instance, Biomed. It's its own organization that's really responsible providing those medical applications and things like RPMS. So I would imagine being able to really focus less on all of that hardware and the management of that hardware has kind of freed you guys up to do other things as well, right? Yes, it has. And also, uh, you mentioned the internal security that's built into Nutanix. And we have other applications that we are running, and there's been no issue with running those within Nutanix, save for a few maybe uh, tweaks to the software that we're running, not the Nutanix side of it. But that's not been a problem at all. We anticipated that it might be, but we're pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. <laughs> What's really nice about Nutanix, and since we automate that security for our customers, when they go through and do things like pen test or another type of regulatory security kind of test, they're very pleased to find out that their actual effort that's put into that is minimal because all of that is being taken care of within the system to make sure that the security posture is incredibly tight. And that ranges from healthcare, financials, a lot of the security that's built into Nutanix was actually a DOD requirement. When they started to become a very large customer of Nutanix, that was one of their big asks is like, you know, it'd be great is if Nutanix could implement security as part of the product and not something that's bolt on, which is what the DOD had struggled with forever. They would essentially implement a infrastructure system and then have to go in and then pay a consultant or dedicate a resource for many man hours to essentially harden the environment. So with it being pre-hardened and then self-healing hardening as the environment's up and running is huge for customers who constantly have to kind of do security testing in the environment. So everything sounds great. You know, I guess people on the call would figure that I was not going to bring somebody on who was going to uh, talk negatively. So, you know, and you guys are actually looking now to move to other platforms that Nutanix provides outside of just kind of the core of what we provided you for RPMS. You want to talk about real briefly the project you guys are currently working on that is also on Nutanix? Yeah, that's a VDI software called XI Frame, <laughs> which allow us to create virtual desktops so that our outside people who we use, particularly in the first iteration of this, will be some contract coders who do our medical coding. And we've had issues with how they connect and trouble every time IHS changes something in the virtual network or in their system connection would frame. It looks like it's going to solve that problem. We're in the initial stages to put that online and we're very encouraged by it. It'll allow us to start off with the coders, but we have plans to expand that to use it for all remote access. And then one other thing I didn't cover real quick, you guys have disaster recovery setup with Nutanix as well, correct? You guys are using it at like a primary location and a secondary location? 
Yeah, that's correct. Previously, we didn't have a DR site. And of course, with regulatory requirements, that wouldn't allow us to pass it. So it was not easy to throw money at it, but it was certainly easy to uh, incorporate a DR site. We're in Tucson, so our DR site is 120 miles away just outside of Phoenix. And that's worked out real good. We've tried one failover to use it, and it worked fine. It's a mirrored system, so what happens here happens there. So we're very pleased that we were able to do that in the scope and not have to have something completely different. Like I said, it's a completely mirrored system, both hardware and software. Thanks. The really nice thing outside of the security, the ease of management, and some of the other things I talked about with Nutanix and the performance and stuff like that is the built-in disaster recovery into the platform. So not only are you protected in the actual cluster level with Nutanix, we protect your data. Data protection is the utmost importance of anything that we do. So if you suffer any type of hardware failure, you know your data is protected and is able to still continue to be utilized in the applications that are running on Nutanix. But we also build in disaster recovery into the platform. So if you have in JSON and uh, Passport Yaquis kind of situation where they have you know, RPMS running and their medical applications running at their primary site. With Nutanix, you can actually have a true disaster recovery strategy with Nutanix running at another environment, providing the disaster recovery with, like you said, kind of an active-active setup where the data that's being written is also then being written at the disaster recovery site as well. And we also offer that in kind of the traditional DR approach where you have a site and a site two. What I'm seeing a lot of organizations start to become very interested in is not wanting to necessarily perhaps procure a secondary set of hardware to sit at a secondary site for disaster recovery. So a lot of the tribes that I'm dealing with that are okay with cloud and are interested in cloud are actually looking at something like Xileap, which allows them to have their primary site and then the secondary DR site actually sit in the cloud. And they're only really charged for when they use it. They're not really charged for when it's just sitting there doing nothing. So it works out really well for organizations that perhaps are also maybe landlocked reservations where their reservation is in Northern California that suffers from wildfire season and their reservations like five miles diameter. Hard to do a true disaster recovery strategy when your DR building is, you can see it with your eyes across the street. So in situations like that, that gives them the peace of mind that they're protected in the event that they truly do have that smoking hole in the ground type of situation. Jason, I mean, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, talking about how you guys are using Annex and specifically for RPMS and your other medical applications. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. For more information on Nutanix, you can visit their website at Nutanix.com. And of course, you can connect with us by searching Tribal Hub on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, or at TribalHub.com. Have a great day, everybody.